0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: It's the True Faith Podcast. Alex Hurst, Simon Campbell, Michael Colling, and Norman Riley here to talk to you about Newcastle United's absolutely fantastic performance and victory at Leicester City yesterday. We have... Literally just arrived back in the northeast uh, from the trip. Norman got back to London last night, and what an absolute privilege and a pleasure it was to witness one of the great away ends, in my opinion. It'll certainly live with us today for a long time. Mickey, tell me about the day as a whole. How just how good was that as a football fan? I was just perfect. the The day had everything. Everything we could have asked for
2: it. Um, from it, like decent. Well, we'll go through we'll go through it all in detail a bit better, but like crack and build up. Um. Early goal, mental celebrations. Everyone singing the same song. Take the lead when we were maybe slightly under the cosh at the time. Win and then secure safety. The lads come across to to the fans at the end of the game. Everyone's going berserk. It was just it was just absolutely perfect. A perfect away game. Probably my favorite.
1: One of my favorite ever always. Yeah, they should. They're going to have to come with a health warning in the future because if we're going to be mint. Like, we will have to learn to
3: adapt. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. You, you may or may not be able to tell, but we're all suffering a little bit from, from, the, from getting too excited by yesterday's events. Um, yeah, and we were talking about this this morning. It's like, if Newcastle get better and better and better, and this happens more and more often, we're going to kill ourselves. It's just, it's not sustainable. So yeah, we, we need to learn to deal with good days like this a bit better and, you know. <laughs> it's what it's for though, isn't it? Like, if if we can't kind of enjoy the good
2: ones, what's the point in going yeah, it was it was just everything
3: about it, wasn't it? We managed to find a good place to watch the, uh, the Everton, well, it was shite, but the Everton-Liverpool game with pints of, of Dogger's favourite, Heineken. Um, <laughs> Dogger's only. So good that we went back. Um, and just, it, what a day. And we, just, we, we couldn't control our excitement just as as the whole thing went on. We were willing to queue up for about half an hour for, for a half-down pint that we never got. Like, it just, all these things. This is what happens when Rafa's mags start performing what a performance it was as well yeah
1: and we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about all of the 11 heroes plus the manager plus the support staff everybody who's just made this kind of difficult run and or supposedly difficult run, and part of the season the one of the most pleasurable parts of my football support in life for for a number of reasons which we're going to um this is april by the way We've won a game in April. Do you remember when, like, Pardew was in charge and we just got beat every single game in April for, like, yeah. five years. It was just like, right, that's March done. We'll see his next season. Yeah. Um, on the beach was uh, an understatement. Absolutely brutal. Um, which is where he is now, again. Exactly. <laughs> Though he, He's extended that run into, like, March, February, <laughs> January, <laughs> December. Um, unlucky, Alan. Um, Norman, we'll come to you then. Your your day yesterday, you, your battle to be there. You've written the True Faith Match Report, which I recommend everyone listening reads... Uh, just give the listeners a little bit of uh, an insight to your day and how, how you felt yesterday.
4: Well, I've had this um, this well, I don't know what it is. Uh, it's a cold, but I had the norovirus a few years ago, and it feels like that. I was proper rough, and uh, woke up yesterday morning, and, and uh, I was like, I kinda I can't do this. But then you start like reading Twitter and they like, reading the paper, and you're thinking, I've got it, go, and I've got to, go. and especially obviously me as well. I, I missed, I had a miss the Man U match, and that was like uh, that was a massive regret, and I was like. I, I just kinda I kinda miss it and um got up and obviously met you lads in and, and I'm gonna give a big shout out to you yeah, at the Riley Snooker Club. I mean how uh, yeah. Like this it, for me for me to a certain extent it, it felt like I was um like back in the in the eighties. It was it was amazing. It's like a, it's like it's like kind of the equivalent of having a painting in Beamish Museum. You know okay. what I mean? It just hasn't moved on. <laughs> it hasn't moved on from the era that it was created in. It's absolutely spectacular. But um the, I, it was so, it was so tough in a way being at the match because the performance was unbelievable. The atmosphere was incredible, and I just didn't have that. I couldn't physically sing. I tried singing like three times, and I basically started hugging me chest up. I couldn't join in uh, The celebrations, I, I, I jumped around but it was just there was just no noise. There was no noise at all. Um, so it was it was it was a kind of it was kind of surreal not being able to get stuck into the the singing and the celebration. But um, obviously having not like decked a load of pints before the match what it did allow me to do was kind of appreciate almost every single like second of the of the, of the game and um it, it's, it's it's not an exaggeration to say that pretty much for every minute of that match the whole team was just absolutely brilliant so and um I uh leaving leaving early after the game last night to get yeah and uh, write the match report and take it easy was was sound but um, I'm glad to say that you lads obviously had a good time and um bit of advice for you, lads, you know, don't, don't feel bad, don't feel guilty about it, alright, it's alright, Every, everything's going to be okay, don't cry here tonight when
3: you're on your own, lying uh, feet on the
4: set, wondering what you've done with your life,
3: it's alright. Thanks Norman, that that makes us feel much better, you know what I've learned actually from yesterday is that we don't need, we did, we got really pissed, we don't need to get pissed for away games anymore, it, it started happening during the Pardew era and the, and the McLaren era, where we're so bad away from home that you had to get pissed to 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 endure what we're about to endure to to make it a, to make it a day. We don't need to do that anymore. We could we could have went there sober and watched that performance and still been as buzzing and had such a fantastic day. That that's that's gonna be the crack from now on if, well, we, 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 if we, we stay with Rafa. We could have, but I'm glad we didn't, like, cause yes, oh yeah, no, no 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 regrets, but I'm just I'm just thinking ahead, like, we're gonna be doing this.
2: If we start winning 19 away games out of
3: 19, then we will kind of do this every time, like. City
1: yeah, man- season, I'd be dead. <laughs> like, particularly imagine if you lost at home to Sunderland in the in the game you were supposed to win the league. Um, not that we would be playing those, that team, anytime soon. Um, <laughs> on the way of doing a league one. Yeah, well, I I'm pleased. I'm pleased you kind of referenced there Newcastle's performances away from home recently. I mean, that's only what we're fourth away win this season: Swansea, West Ham, Stoke, and that. Is that right? I'm not missing any. I think so. So, and and away form has been pretty good. Um in, in you know, context of the rest of the league. Um but what is so pleasing, apart from the result, is the performance and there is a there is a definite blueprint. Now that performance that we saw yesterday, I saw that performance for seventy eight minutes at Bournemouth. We saw it for fifty minutes, or basically before the gag pen, which again we forget people forget about that. Palace were given a disgraceful penalty against us at their place. Um, and also, well, where else, recently, have we played away from home very well. Um,
3: we st- started all right at Liverpool. as was a hard yeah.
1: game. Yeah. That performance we're seeing, Rafa talked about after the game, about the players learning, and it's like, we saw it for one half at um, Palace, we saw it for 80 minutes at Bournemouth, but and even when we conceded that goal yesterday, there was no panic. Dubravka, we're going to talk about him later, was brilliant, the defence was brilliant. There was just it wasn't Bournemouth when that goal went in. I was thinking, "Here we're gone." It was like eighty-three minutes or something that went on, it went in on. Um, Here we're gone, and it just, it just never really materialized. I mean, we're so comfortable away from home, we're so dominant, and what we're starting to see a team that now plays with confidence and now expects to get results. That team that took the pitch, I think we said in the matchday pod site, which is available for patrons, um, that the first before the goal, the first five ten minutes was was all Newcastle. It was all Newcastle. It was Newcastle playing the ball. It was Newcastle committing men forwards. It was Newcastle controlling the game. That for, for Newcastle United to go and do that away from home in the Premier League, I want to talk about differences that the managers made. We have been a disgrace for so long. It, we've been a disgrace at every level, pretty much, but particularly away from home in the Premier League. Under McLaren, the last couple of years of Pardew, Carver, we were absolutely disgusting away from home in the Premier League. And we struggle again this season, I thought, early doors away from home in the Premier League, but... We we are that uh, we are we're perfecting perfecting a game plan, and again, Rafa was asked uh, by Sky Sports. I think about the game plan, and it just works. And I saw so much of what I used to see from us from Leicester. I saw Mares and Albrighton switching wings after seven or eight minutes because it wasn't working. Leicester continued to try this style of play where you know Albrighton and Simpson. I mean, Simpson went off injured, didn't he? Um, Albright and Simpson will have a lot of the ball and try and suck the play. Rightwards, and then you'll have Mares will go and stand on the touchline on the other side and with, was it, oh, the left back, I can't remember his name for Lester Chilwell, and they would wait until there was loads of space and then normally Albrighton or one of the central two would try and switch the play, but it wasn't working because Yedlin in particular had obviously been told about this plan from Lester that were putting such pressure on him through Yedlin, Yedlin and Richie that their whole game plan, the whole way of playing at home was just out the window after 10 minutes and then you had Mares losing his tactical discipline walking around all over the shop, turning up in ridiculous positions and then they had, they had no width Leicester. So the, the, the tactical masterclass from something as small as that was absolutely brilliant to see. And like I said, that's us swapping wingers was a part of your classic, wasn't it? Us, you know, players going out of position and losing their discipline, hence we're going to go into it with the Maguire thing. They're all traits of, of what I would consider to be an Newcastle United problem in years gone by and it's so good to see us doing it to other teams now. And it's so, so good to see us continuing, continuing to grow and I'm sure we'll go to Everton and we'll give them a, a right good game If as long as everyone stays fit and all that kind of stuff we'll give them a right good game because that Leicester team is full of players who would walk into our side normally and we're just better than them yesterday it wasn't even a game really again you know, it, it kind of felt a bit surreal particularly at 2-0 it was like the Leicester onslaught never came the Bravka's not made a save all, all game um, you couldn't do anything about the goal but yeah what an absolute privilege and it's, it's, it's great that it's just not a smash and grab it's great that you're not turning up and scoring kind of from a set piece or something like that If you look at the Swansea game, we did deserve to to beat Swansea, but it could have easily gone the other way with LaSalle's clearance. We've come on from that to to these kind of performances, and it's uh, it it definitely bodes well for the future. This is not a short-term thing that's going to happen. Anything on that, lads? Before Norman, or it's fairly comprehensive. Okay, thank you, (laughs) Um, Norman. uh, Your love for this team—we've talked about it regularly. Um, Just, just how much has it gone up a a notch uh, yesterday? And what did you what did you enjoy? particularly about yesterday in terms of the performance?
4: Well, as you say, I mean, it's, it's becoming a, um, a regular theme, isn't it? And I'm, I'm pretty much running the superlatives now. Um, every time I'm asked this question, I'm, I'm trying to come up with new words to describe like just how how much I love watching that that team and that squad. Um, and I, it, it, again, yesterday, you, like just uh, just when you think you can't like, uh, find any more love in your heart for it, you know... You do. It was a. Uh, it was. It was just spectacular. Like the certain elements of the game yesterday kind of really reinforced that. Absolute. I think I would. Yeah, I'll say it. Connection. The connection between the um, the players, the management, and the fans. Um. Obviously the the end of the game was. You know that was just an absolute privilege to witness. The players coming over with Rafa was just. It was just an absolutely beautiful moment and kind of like a one of those moments that like you know when the inevitable happens and like, you know, we're under under a new manager, you know, in fifteen years' time, which is when it'll be when Rafa retires. Um well like that'll be one of those moments that we look back on like fondly and go, God, do you remember we were at Leicester when the players and Rafa came out and there was just this like this absolute togetherness like between from the pitch to the air to the stand. It was it was really I mean, you know, I mean t- tell me tell me lads if you think I'm over exaggerating whether we have what I'm seeing yeah, but uh, that's that's how I felt yesterday anyways and um obviously the the Shelby goal celebration as well uh, just the, the all the all of them all of them running over uh, to the Newcastle fans Shelby doing his like um, his glasses celebration and then like a load of like hundreds and hundreds of Newcastle fans like copying it when he was doing it which I thought was just absolutely brilliant um, and I, I it's I'm struggling I'm struggling like to, to see any more it's just it, I think I wrote in my rap match report yesterday that um, I don't think I've ever witnessed the Newcastle team and I've witnessed some absolutely blinding teams. I've been lucky in order to see Keegan teams, Robson teams, um, and you know, magnificent sights, no doubt about it. But in terms of how how much I feel connected to a group of players um, as, as, as a collective as well, um, is you know, I, it's never been like this. I I genuinely like every single player. There isn't one player there that you think like, ah, oh, he's a good player but he's a bit of an ass. Like none of them are like that, and they all like each other. And it's just, it, it's obviously hugely important. It's, you know, the, the team spirit, the squad spirit, Rafa and the coaching staff have engendered has been vital in propelling them up, uh, up the league and especially since Christmas. And um, I just, just um, even though I've got nothing to do obviously with the creation of that squad, like I feel proud. Like I feel proud to support me football club at the minute and it's, it's just a lovely feeling.
2: It is a different feeling. Um, it's one we haven't had for a long time, Norman, and I, I completely agree. Um, and I th- I think you're absolutely right about that the the celebration at the end when when the players came over that's that's one of those moments that you'll never forget like that's one of the, that's one of the things that you just
3: uh, it was just absolutely fucking tremendous wasn't it it was beautiful and and norman describing it there was was like poetry <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit speechless norman that was beautiful you know dan Dan uh, Dan Kenfield says on Twitter
1: at TFootyPod, "Can we just keep this squad forever?" I know how you feel, mate. <laughs> well, what yeah, lads,
4: like? Can I just add something? Can I add something to like that? Um, so you know, like scrolling through social media, refreshing it like every sort of 0.2 seconds last night because I was so excited. <laughs> um, the a Leicester fan put a brilliant comment up and basically said that. Um, in what was it? Uh, he said something about Leicester's performance not being particularly good, he said, but he's never, um, he's never seen a new United squad like um, in the last 10, uh, sort of 10 years that that put that much effort in for that team and he said like, uh, I'm really pleased for them and that to me, that like, you know, we're always, we're always going to be biased because, you know, that it's war team, of course we are, but when you've got like an opposition fan, like noticing, the opposition fan noticing the togetherness of war team, I think that's kind of testament to, to, to you know, to what, what it's like and um, I was just, Oh. It was just it was just lovely to lovely to see another fan say that. Um, I mean, I I can't recall I can't recall um, a moment in the last ten years where I've I've I felt I felt like I did yesterday at uh, full time. And that's you know the Podium season where we finished fifth. Yeah, great performances, great individual players, but nothing nothing like the kind of uplifting joy and pride that I felt yesterday. Like nothing at all like that.
1: Well said. Totally agree. Um... You know, Nick got in touch on Twitter and said, just how far can this group of lads go um, without getting carried away? What level of investment would we need to become a top eight side? And, you know, on top of that, we've also got... um, uh, David, who's David McGiven, who's got in touch saying what players do we need to add to have a competitive top 10 squad I think everyone, I think the fact we're receiving these questions everyone is now very much looking up at the teams above us, looking at your Burnley I mean Burnley are probably too far but great result for them yesterday but definitely at Everton at Leicester, I, for some reason I thought we were only four points behind Leicester before yesterday's game that was proved to be factually incorrect so I was walking away from the game thinking we're one point behind these now that we're going to catch them Um <laughs> five five points five points maybe not but um yeah the fact that we're getting these kind of questions lads sargo so to you suggests that people are are very very excited about where this team can go and, and jay mitchell says if we signed dubravka kennedy and Slamani, what other positions would we look to sign would be felt very harsh on everyone else who's worked their ass off to sack them off and that's like everyone seems to want to, pr- to crack on but also there's such loyalty towards these players and that's not Forget even ourselves being critical of players at times this season. If you look back to that Leicester home game, in fact, the difference in ability for the team to control the game, particularly in the middle of the park, with Shelby and Diarme compared to uh, Hayden and Marino was absolutely massive. Um so Sai, you know what what what's the limit of this squad, do you think? <laughs>
3: Which, Which one of first those thirty five questions would you like me to answer first? Um I think I think it's easy to get carried away with ourselves. We've been class recently. We've been brilliant since the turn of the year. Um, and yesterday was, was the pinnacle of that. It was fucking fantastic. This is still the a squad of players, as Rafa described it, of championship players who are performing way, way, way above expectations. If they somehow pull off a top 10 finish, it's a miracle. It's it's a Rafa miracle and, and it's fully deserved and every one of them deserves it. But this squad is still only just that, to to finish top 10 again the following season, we'd have to have another blinder, would have to have everyone all guns firing. so in terms of where do we go from here, you'd still have to improve that squad and I totally understand the sentiment of there's no one in that team, and Norman described there, we've got no dickheads, there's not one dickhead in that team who, he, well there's, there's one, but he's on loan at Fulham. Um <laughs> It's just, it's just, you just you do you just love every one of them. It's even back in the days of like Robson, we had some fantastic players, probably better, well much better footballers than we've got now. But Kieran Dyer was a dickhead, Genius was a dickhead, Robert was was a controversial character. I, 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 I don't, I not have a bad word about Robert No, neither, neither will I. But but he was he was unpopular and he was a bit lazy. He was allowed to be because he was class. But there were, you, you got the feeling Robert wouldn't step in front of her. In front of a fifty-mile-an-hour ball for a, for a teammate, whereas these lads will all fight for each other. They're all buzzing for each other when we score. They're all buzzing for the fans. Like it's just, it's just
1: how how hilarious was the five tackles in a row? It was stop like saying five. five. It was like it eight tackles, man. I'm sure it was five, but how, how many it was, it was? It was seven. I
4: counted
1: seven. seven. It was like celebrating seven goals. Oh, no, I just, I just, <laughs> like just the Leicester fans
3: were going fucking nuts at their their own players as well, which is class. I just watched that back before we started recording. Each tackle gets more and more ridiculous, and by the time Christian Atsu flies in with his feet like three yards off the floor, just getting far too carried away because everyone was going nuts. It was, it's just brilliant. But yeah, that that level of commitment. That that almost like I'm sure twice in that phase, we'll give them the ball back deliberately so we can just do another tackle. I'm sure Shelby like nudges it to them and then just just goes flying in so you can hit them with a crunching tackle. But yeah,
1: Atsu's is ludicrous. When little Christian Atsu, like five foot eight Christian Atsu, is like getting up for 50 50 balls and wanting to crunch people, you know, it's been a good day. I
2: haven't seen anything like that, I don't think ever before for Newcastle.
3: Having that many in a row, it was remarkable and brilliant. I know it, was, it was just it, 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 that game had didn't it. It just was another wonderful part of of, of the experience yesterday. Um, but back 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 to the question that that was asked, which is where where do we need to go from here? Obviously, for Rafa to stay, he needs to be given some money to spend and being being allowed to do the transfer business that he wants to do. And if he identifies players, he's once again for for the second year in a row proven that he knows exactly what he's doing, and he just needs to be trusted and no no pissing around this summer. Um, There's a lot of players there who are are playing out their skin and you know if we get improvements, if we get better players in to improve the squad, I think they'll understand. It might mean they're not playing every week, but I don't think Rafa would dispense of anyone who can still do a job while also improving the squad. So I'd like to see you know, if if we can permanently sign the the lads on loan. I mean, Dubravka is an obvious one. Kennedy, if if it's possible to to keep him longer than we do because the balance they've brought the team. It's just the money, isn't it, for Kennedy? You don't know
1: what else you can ask for.
3: It doesn't. It doesn't mean that the likes of Christian Atsu, you know, Kennedy's been here and he's he's been of the obvious first choice in the left wing. But it doesn't mean that Atsu is surplus to requirements. It doesn't mean that the lads who are putting the effort in won't still be part of this squad. It's just to to go further, we need we need to improve still. Yeah, you, you, the 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 tactic of it is to replace the
2: bottom player in that position with someone who goes to the top. So we've we've got rid of Aaron's and brought in Kennedy. If we do that in every position, it's the it's the ones that haven't been playing that are going to be missing out. You're not going to, you're not going to see Matt Ritchie drop out of the squad and be sold or, or Shelby or D'Army. None of those are going to disappear. Um, one, one thing that, that's really important for us this year, which which is arguably the most important thing this summer, is not to upset the balance of the squad because obviously the, the squad is, is such a whole and such a team that it would be a disaster to bring a couple of players in that didn't fit the mould. Now, I don't, I don't think for any Second that Rafa's going to do that, but it it is a worry and one that we we haven't really had before because we've always had a squad full of knobs. So didn't
1: adding one more didn't matter then, but now it it would
2: be it's really important to bring in the right character.
1: That's the thing you have to laugh when people say Rafa will take a chance on Ben Arfa this summer. Ben Arfa is just the absolute opposite of a Rafa Benitez player, and if you like, I know I'm not trying to compare them directly, but Rafa bought Philip Philip Coutinho. At Inter Milan, as a youngster, senior puts loads of graft in, loads of effort. Um, ben Arford does not. And, you know, Ben Arford's one of the best players I've ever seen play for Newcastle. And it was a pleasure to watch him at times, but he's a prick and doesn't try. And, you know, all the things, you, you don't fall out with every single manager in your career. unless <laughs> there's something wrong, apart from Claude Puel At And nice. Craig Thompson tweeted and said, those seven, yeah, seven, I should have read that. 50-50's one in a row was football porn. Agree, lads? Absolutely. Um you know, uh you don't you don't get you never get to celebrate seven goals in a row, do you? Like <laughs> it was it was,
2: it was yeah. Fucking spectacular.
1: Yeah, Sydney Falco got in touch I'm forty two and completely agree with Norman, easily my favourite ever bunch of lads. And Stuart Black says, does it show that a certain level of top manager is better than good players? Lots of teams in this division have much better players than us, but our manager is top draw. His tactics and man- management of the players are the difference. He's spot on. Absolutely right. 100%. Spot on, Stuart. And that's the thing. Like Benitez is worth so much to Newcastle United Football Club. It's scary. It's absolutely scary. Like, you will worry. I want to worry about that in the summer. Uh, you know, I'm not going to start panicking about next season. Yet. I just want to enjoy this season and enjoy days like yesterday. So back... Back to the game, uh, Norman. You want to talk about Lascelles and leadership before side talks about the defence as a whole.
4: I am um, Lascelles was. I mean, he was monumental yesterday. Um, he his control of the kind of the the back. Obviously, the defenders round but just kind of his half of the pitch is it's incredible. Um, he, he directs players. He, he cajoles them. He, he makes. He gets them to lift their heads up. Um, and and there were a couple of incidents that stand out that I like. That are obvious. Um, the Harry Maguire um, assault on Dwight Gale when he put his hand in his face, which was a sending off offence. I'm sure we're going to go into that. Um, but I'll just put my my opinion on on record now. It was absolutely 100% a sending off offence. He put his hand in his face, clear as day. Um, but what what Lascelles did was he. Um, McGuire. Um, I'll i go, go into another random on McGuire. That's all right. Is that, is that all right? And I just, go for it. Um, so McGuire did that. Um, Gail has was being an absolute nuisance, right? But that's what he does, and, and that's what centre halves do. Centre halves, you know, that the, the this is they have to get used to. It. I mean, they, they are used to that. Um, McGuire is just a big, thick fucking bully. Um, Uh-oh. and he did that yesterday to Gale, and Richie ran over, and Richie's what like you know, he's, I think he's shorter than me, which is saying something. Um, Richie ran over. Because he's, you know, he's, he's utterly fearless, isn't he, Matt Richie? He ran out of Maguire, who looked about eight times bigger than him on camera. And Maguire um, just kind of, like, he brushed him off with such a, such a, like, kind of, i um, a big bloke arrogance. And I just thought, you fucking knobhead, um, after what you've just done. And then immediately, Lascelles just came out, straight out, when um, when all the Leicester players were there, and there was Lascelles in the middle of these Leicester players, turn to turn, face to face, with Harry Maguire, knew that. Like, the thing is, you're not, you're not condoning violence on a football pitch, but what, what, I, what I will condone and what I actively want to see is a Newcastle United captain, a Newcastle United leader, when there's something like that happens, getting in there and saying, yeah, you didn't, you didn't do that to my players. You do not do that to my players. I mean, that was like pure leadership That like And it was just, again, when, when when was the last time you saw anything like that? Coluccini, you know what? Stylish centre-half for a couple of years, absolutely brilliant, right? Not a chance would he have done that yesterday marched in the middle of, you know, like, what, six or seven players, the size of those Leicester lads, and just stood there, stood his ground, and said, do not fuck with my players, which is pretty much what the what Lascelles did. It was just brilliant. Um, And the other thing that I picked up on, so, well, there was a Leicester came up the right-hand side, and um, at one point, I think they had Morris and Brighton because I think you were, you said it, Alex, Morris kind of just started drifting loads yesterday. Um, And they had Walbrayton and Mahrez up on the right-hand side, attacking, um, attacking the end that we were in the... In the second half, and um, Morris was left. Atsu left Morris Morris was miles from the player, but he kind of left him and took his eye off him, and nothing came of it. But Lascelles had obviously spotted that Atsu was just stood there, and he ran out of him straight afterwards, and basically just he just he bollocked him in a, like a kind of constructive style. You could see he was just like basically he wasn't involved in the player, but you kind of take eyes him for one second, and it was just really, really, really good leadership, and um, he's uh, he's the best captain with Apple. for like he really is. Um, and I'd, I'd go back to, like, he's, he's got best captain since Shearer. It's, it's as simple as that. Um, better captain than Colachini and, and Kabay without without for me. Don't know what you lads think.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And um, what was what was interesting about that incident yesterday, and Rafa pointed this out in his post-match interview, for all Claude Puel and Leicester's complaints that they should have had a penalty, and they probably should, but then we should have had about 15 penalties this year. Um, Leicester need to learn that Palace and Brighton get all the pens for the bottom half teams. Um, there's not, not enough to go around. But um, yeah, Rafa pointed out that that penalty incident came after the Maguire incident, so Leicester should have been down to 10 men, and would would, would they have got that chance? Probably not, because they probably would have had to sacrifice an attacking player. Um, and uh, yeah, just Dwight, Dwight Gale does uh, Maguire a massive favour by not going down. Most other players in the league would have gone down, writhing, agony, holding the face, that kind of thing. Um, and, it, you know, I kind of wish he had gone down because I'd, I'd love to see him sent off. But I think that's just because Dwight, Dwight Gale's an honest bloke. He doesn't dive. He doesn't, even though he never gets pens despite being cleaned out several times. Um, I thought that was worth uh, worth mentioning as well. Sai, um, the defence as a whole, I know you wanted to talk about that. Uh, we've got a good comment here from Lee Johnson who says, a Paul Dummett and say Paolo Maldini were on the pitch at the same time performing a defensive masterclass. Would anyone focus on Maldini? <laughs>
3: Who? <laughs> I mean, Paul Dimmitt, the greatest left back this world's there. ever seen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. The, the, well, I think we, what you've just said about um, LaSalle's was 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 bang on, Norman. I mean, we, we've talked about it ever since Rafa came and it, it, his improvement week on week on week is just phenomenal. It's in, it's incredible because I think we, we'd would started to write him off, even though he's been doing a difficult job playing playing the odd game under McLaren and even in the championship he struggled a bit. And I think what Rafa has always known his his capabilities and how good good he is as a leader. What he needed was a good defensive partner, and I think ever since Lejeune's reintroduction to the team, that partnership has been incredible. And that's that's exactly what Rafa was planning from from May last year. It's right. We'll get it. We'll get a top quality defender who's also good on the ball, who can take some of that pressure off Lascelles and let him just get on with his job. And the kind of there's, there's a trust there, there's a connection there. Extend that out to Paul Dummett at left back, also Yedlin, who's. Who's totally changed my opinion of him over the over the course of about three weeks? It's just that back four now is an absolutely solid unit, and they only scored with their with their first shot of the game in the was it was an eighty third minute or whatever it was and it was just kind of a kind of a fluke incident where Okazaki somehow won a header in between two defenders fair, fair play one but um and all all this is um compounded by by the new goalkeeper now. You just mentioned Dubravka's not made a save, including the goal. He's, he's not made a save. I would still give him a 9 out of 10 for his performance. He collected everything. He caught everything. His distribution was perfect. It was quick. It was efficient. He's a, just a brilliant goalkeeper. And the the back four don't look at all worried when, when he's involved in the game. There's no panic. They understand him. He understands them. It's just like what what a defensive unit we have now. And I, I can't see any teams beating us playing the way we are at the minute.
1: I like that. Any teams at all. <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah, I totally agree with all that. Just a quick word on Yedlin. Again, one whose improvement has just been outrageous. If we go back to Watford at home, one of the worst ever performances I've I've seen from Newcastle play. He had a really bad afternoon. Goals came down his side. We then went to West Brom on the Wednesday or Tuesday, and he was caught again for West Brom's first when we were dominating the game. And the improvement in him, and Rafa stuck with him. I thought that might have been the end of his Newcastle career. Totally wrong. Rafa's stuck with him, Rafa's worked with him and he's he's now unquestionably that the whole back five as a unit. You, you know, it would be a disaster if any of them got injured. That's how good they are, being a disaster because because it works so well. I mean, we're really unlucky to gone C D S day. I thought Okazaki oh, I thought Okazaki, by the way, was excellent when he came on. He should have started. He, he for was them. their only threat. Yeah. Um he links up play, gets in the right areas, he uses the ball well. He's a player I'd love to see us sign to maybe um compete with Perez for that number 10 spot but we'll on Perez later um but yeah that was a good, good header knocked back across Dubraff couldn't do anything but apart from that it's, it's not that he's not making any saves it's just so good that we don't allow them into positions where they could even get a shot off I mean there were several times yesterday towards the end of the game when Leicester were in and around the box and they were kind of doing their you know uh, false shots and trying to create a bit of space and switching the play and it was just they, they worked out pretty quickly that they're, they're just not going to get through here and then what happens when that when you know teams start to panic they start taking pot shots from 40 yards that hit the corner flag and stuff like that that's a sign of a team panicking and DeAndre Yedlin is um, is very much a fantastic part of that so well done to him um, Mickey let's talk about Dubraco a little bit but also you know Kennedy um, Slomani not so much but Kennedy Newcastle United, a bit outrageous, bit of skill. Yes, how did he rate his performance?
2: That uh what do you call, do? You call that a flip flop? What he did? Flip-flop, I think yeah. I think flip-flop, it is flip-flop, that flip-flop. was absolutely class, and there was like an audible like "whoa" from from <laughs> everyone in the crowd. We're just like fucking hell." You see? Do you see what he just did there? Um, we haven't we haven't had that kind of flair since since Ben Arthur probably. Um, but the difference between the two of them is. Kennedy uh, couldn't run by after about 55 minutes because he'd been working so hard.
3: I'll just come in there, Mickey. Sorry. Um, yeah, Yes, I think I mentioned it on the Matchday podcast. I can't remember. I was pissed. Um, but the, the just before Kennedy got subbed off, because he was absolutely done in. He was done in after 60 minutes, but there was about two minutes before we could get the sub on where I think we were just waiting for the ball to go out of play, play basically, Atsu was ready. And Kennedy was still tracking his man. still. He could barely run, and he was running back, and he was tracking, and he was marking, and he was blocking. And it's just like, we wouldn't get that in years gone by.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was it was unfortunate for him really when it was it was so apparent that he was finished. That Leicester had like two attacks down their right hand side. Um, <laughs> I, I felt sorry for him. And me and Norman were talking to each other and just saying like Kennedy's done. He needs to get off. He's 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 blown. We
3: did that thing where where Dummett finally got the ball back and you just saw Kennedy just kind of point towards the halfway <laughs> line. Get rid of it. I'm <laughs> done, man. It it don't me. don't don't kick it down this wing.
2: Um, yeah, but what, what a sign he's been, and it, it's it's so obvious why Rafa's wanted him so much. For someone like that to be available for a club like Newcastle to get. For out on loan, um, and have that kind of impact is is absolutely tremendous, and we should be throwing the chequebook at him really, if he, if because he's had a taste of this, he's had a taste of this club and this team and this manager, and he must be thinking now, what can I become with Rafa Benitez as my manager in this team? Um, I think we've got a decent chance of signing him if 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 the funds are there, which obviously his price tag's probably doubled since he since he came on loan because he's been so good.
4: He's keen, isn't he? He is keen. I mean, he did, he did he give an interview with a, um, a Brazilian football magazine um, last week or the week before? Um, in, in which he stated that, you know, uh, he's enjoying his time and, you know, he's, he, he gave very much the impression that he, he would be um, interested in signing. I think I think you can you can tell what's happened by we signed him on loan from Chelsea and he came in and he did a really good job. But you very much got the, obviously, the first few games, you've very much got the feeling that he's a, he's a player on loan and we'll never see him again after this. But you can actually see him He's getting settled. He's starting to really enjoy himself, and I think I, I think he's definitely um, he's definitely thinking about it. And if uh, if we can find the money for him, which you know, we, I mean, the money's there. We know that, but it's whether or not it's released. Um, then, I mean, he has to be bored. because, like you like you said, I mean, just the fucking the skills, man. Honestly, like, I like like Ben Alpha, but with pace and work rate, he's absolutely he's absolutely. Perfect.
2: He is. and he pins teams back as well because he's so fast and he's got so much talent, you can't, you can't step up at him. You have to, you have to drop back, and that's, that allows the rest of the midfield more space. It allows our defence to move forward. I think he was kind of the final piece of the puzzle, but obviously, obviously within reason. But for the current like mindset and game plan that Rafa's got, Kennedy was the exact person we needed to put in that left-wing spot. Um, I, I think his signing has really it's really changed the season um, and allows us to be a lot more effective and a lot more efficient with our attack and play. Um, and then the the impact of that is it allows us defensively to have to do less work.
3: Yeah, the the one thing those those signings have done is, is is it's it's one word balance, which Rafa constantly talked about when when we met him, which he constantly talks about at the press. Balance. You need you need the right players in the right positions, and then you've got a chance with it, with any with any players. We've got we've got all the right grafters now. We've got balance. We've got we've got a bit of flair. We've got work rate. We've got all the all the attributes to make any game competitive for us even though on paper i think i can't remember who said someone on, on twitter said pretty much every team around us is better on paper but but because we've got the manager because we've got the right personalities in there we, we, it's just not it's not not that's why we're 10th
1: and that's one thing though with players like kennedy if if we keep signing players of that caliber we'll not be able to say that other teams have better players because yeah. kennedy's better than mark all right in my opinion yeah, um and also you saw Marez's ineffectiveness yesterday. Again, he had he had Kennedy in his face a lot, you had Matt Ritchie in his face a lot when, you know, the swap wings and you know, Marez just looked like a huffy dickhead, which is what he is, by all accounts, very good player. Um Andrew Carruthers said is the form of Shelby and allowing Perez to now show that he can be a good number ten. Was it just previously he was having to be too defensive to short midfield shortcomings? coming? I definitely think there's something in that. Um I just want to talk about Perez as well. £1.5 million he costas He has, I believe, 17 Premier League goals for 1.5... I know it's over three or four seasons, but 17 Premier League goals for £1.5 million. Uh, fair play to Padre if he did indeed bring him here. Great signing. £1.5 million in. You look, at, you look at the contrast in his fortune since the Leicester home game when he smashes an own goal in to hand Leicester the game to his ability yesterday, I mean... The Shelby goal, we haven't even talked about the Shelby goal, we'll talk about it in a second, but um, Perez's ability to run at defences, to pick up balls and transitions, to be able to turn the flow of the game by direct running kind of frustrates some people, I kind of get the feeling even before Normandy was saying people were getting a bit annoyed with him, this is a minority of course in the crowd, and it's like Rafa Diz does allude to the fact he gives the ball away a lot, but if you're going to have a player who's willing to carry the ball like he does, in dangerous parts of the pitch, and committed defenders to him, whenever Perez is running with the ball, rarely is he one-on-one. He's always got two or three people on him, but he's still willing to do it. He doesn't play the easy ball. He doesn't pop it off or go backwards. He clearly runs towards the opposition goal and it causes panic and sometimes he's going to lose the ball and sometimes it's going to look bad and sometimes it's going to be frustrating but he, he was influential to that game yesterday just like he was against Huddersfield last week and he, he dragged several defenders away to create the space for Shelby for Shelby's first goal in the finish the technique wow what what a goal. he reads the he reads the mix up before it happens brilliantly which is a sign of a really good footballer being able to read the game like that but the te- it's not an easy finish he He has to kind of jump with the outside of his left foot, I know he's left-footed, to get the ball, was it his right foot? With with his right foot, well even better, to to get that ball over um, Schmeichel was just absolute genius. I mean from the away end it was one of those you thought he's probably going to put this over, but but he didn't and I just think he deserves so much credit. The best thing I can say about Jose Perez now is if he was injured there is no one that can replace him, no one. And that that that's as as much praise he can, as you can give him. If he was injured, if, if he was to be ruled out against Arsenal any other the team, he would be a, as big a loss as the likes of a Lascelles would be. So fair player, Jose Perez, you've you've really turned it around this season.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think we're almost repeating ourselves from last week because we've we've described the, pretty much the same situation against Huddersfield, where he does he does get a bit of a stick from the crowd if because he, he, he's a, we've had this for years. We've, we've had Obertan under and under where like, players who run with the ball and and. And try and make something happen with if they're the only player in the team that can do that they stand out like a sore thumb if they give away the ball because no one else has taken those risks and you are you you'll get tackled three three out of four times but the fourth time as you say even if he's, if he's dragging players out or creating a goal then then perfect that's the whole point of being on the pitch over got it even townsend for a bit he had some really bad games where nothing was working but that was his job his job was to pick up the ball run at players and 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 create and you know what? It d- doesn't always work. Football's not that easy, but if uh, per- what defines Perez is that in the last two games now, he's done it, he's, he's, had, he's struggled, and you know he's got the 80th minute or, or whatever it may be, and he's still doing it. He's still trying, and he's, he's got a couple of goals in the last two games that he's absolutely deserved for the effort he's put in all season, not to mention his defensive work as well. Because when he's when he's not running the plays, he's he's back in our half, Grafton. He's just he's he's re, he's really underrated. To answer
2: the question from Twitter, um, the the form of Shelby and Diarmé and their defensive work has allowed Perez to do slightly left, but slightly less defensive work. But I think that's one of the best things about Perez, and one thing that other teams' number tens don't do is that he offers a lot defensively. He, he he breaks up a lot of play. He makes it difficult for defenders to carry the ball. Um, and that that's a fucking useful thing to have in that position.
1: Well said. We are all big fans now of Jose Perez. And, you know, people have have tweeted it and talked about next season and do we need a new number 10 and all this kind of things and Rafa needs a new number 10. I'm sure he does want more options in that position. But if we were to start next season with Perez in the number 10 position, I'd be absolutely fine with it. He seems to be more dangerous. He seems to be, like most players under Rafa, getting better. And that's the key with a player like that. Um, Also, no more being stuck on the left wing, which he's not. He's not a left winger. He's a striker or number 10. Um Lance, I suppose we'll look at the rest of the season now. Um, you know, Jeff NUFC says, is there anyone to fear in the remaining fixtures? Personally only spurs to be wary of. And where do we think we'll all finish now? Um I think what were you saying in the comic how many points how many points can we get? 18 points left to play for. So that's so we can finish on 56 So we can get a fifty-six, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be I'd be happy with fifty-four. Oh I hate what draw spurs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair. Um yeah, but I mean, we, we kind of talked about it earlier in the show. Like, What, what is the limit of this team? Is, are we now able to accept that we are not a relegation-threatened team? This is not a team that should have been in a relegation battle or will be in a relegation battle for the rest of the season. Is it, is it literally done now? 38 points, lads. It, it's got to be. Norman, I'll come to you. Well, you know
4: what? I'm going um, to refer to uh, Rafa on this one. I don't know if any of you have seen his, um, pre, uh, his post-match interview with uh, Match of the Day yet. Which was absolutely brilliant, by the way. When, so the the interviewer says, "Yeah, uh, you know, you, you you're safe now." And he went, "Well, forty points," and he went, "Oh, come on, well, well, you you must mean yeah, you must nearly think you're safe." And Rafa was like, "Well, nearly, yeah, nearly." So if he's saying that, and Rafa wants forty points, then as soon as once he hit the forty point mark, if Benitez turns round and says, "We're safe," that's when I'll say we're safe. I mean, we know that we're safe, don't we? But um, <laughs> I think. Uh, <laughs> We know, we we, we know. But if Rafa's not saying it, then I'm not I'm not buying it just yet. But uh I, I mean, it would it would take a monumentally spectacular collapse for to get relegated, and that's that's not going to happen. Um, and I look at the last six games, and obviously, Spurs away is going to be incredibly tough, no doubt. Um, Watford could be tough in the sense that they're on a really poor run at the moment, and if they lose the next sort of two or three games, they might be in that game needing needing something from it. Um, but. In terms of fear, I don't fear. I don't fear any team that we play. I don't fear any team that we play at the minute at all. Um, and I can see we, um, I can see we're picking up three wins over the last six games. Three wins, a draw. Let's see. So what's that? An extra ten points takes up to forty-eight, um, which more or less is what we kind of all predicted at the start of the season. Most of us were predicting between forty-eight and fifty-four points. I think so. That would tie in, tie in perfectly with that. I, but um, fear absolutely, one hundred percent.
1: No fear with this with this team and um, that management spot on uh, what what a day yesterday was it's going to live in the the memory for a long time um, football can be all right sometimes can't it <laughs> <laughs> after being so shite for so long so often um these are the these are the days at the minute uh, it's an absolute pleasure maybe just a few words on I, I don't think we can get away from this without, without talking about Chelsea's goal because it was just so good
2: oh it was it was Fucking perfect, wasn't it? Uh, to come so early in the game, I know we've talked about the concept, but context of it, but that's like it's so important to get a goal like that uh, in in that in that kind of game to uh, to just ease you into it. The class he showed to to sort of shot faint and and let Maguire run past him like a bloody tugboat, um, was just tremendous. Like he's he's planned that. He knew exactly what would happen if he did that, and in true a, a to form, Maguire runs past him. Um, and then the finish—he's—he's he's just passed it in the bottom corner, slow as you like, calm as you like, cool customer, Shelby. Um, it felt like it was travelling from his foot into the bottom corner for about thirty seconds in the stand. but you knew it was in, didn't you? When once it left his foot, you knew it was going to be going to be in. What what a tremendous goal! What a tremendous start start of the game and um, for all, Shelby. For all those that have missed it, what's his celebration about? <laughs> He did an interview afterwards and he was, he was just saying, I can't remember his exact word in it, but it was so boring, he was like, I'm the only one in my family that doesn't wear glasses so it's just a bit of banter between me and the family about <laughs> how I don't wear glasses. <laughs> there's
1: definitely a better story behind that but he, must I'm be, not be, having uh, that. Yeah,
2: he just doesn't want to say it's it in Not the suitable the press. But for like,
1: free <laughs> watershed. <laughs> um, uh, I think we're done lads. Uh, unless there's anything pressing anyone else would like to say about yesterday, Cy, why don't you just talk about the awareness because I just... Don't want to stop that, talking. <laughs> it was yeah, just yeah. brilliant
3: we, 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 we've we've had we've had a mixed bag of away ends over the last couple of years um that, that was one of the best that was one of the best in a long long time everyone was just singing you know the whole the whole stand was was singing non-stop normal songs except for, God, no one was trying no one was jumping around and, and putting himself apart, you know making himself making himself busy <laughs> but um i it was class um and it was it was epitomized in in what happened after the game when all the lads came over and and they got so carried away that every single one of them took their shirt off and launched into the crowd like they just got got so excited then rafa was uh pretty much like dancing around like clapping and and patting people on the back While also i think he he called it for a few minutes to to give him some tactical advice while all this was going on Such, such as rafa but yeah um that was just a fantastic place to be for for 90 minutes yesterday um even even the, the the crack outside the ground, like people sing on the way out, like it's, it was just it was just fantastic. It felt like, it felt like something I hadn't experienced for a long time. Just just stop joy at the, for an entirety of a football match in a in a city away from home. Contentedness, isn't it? That's yeah. that's
2: uh, that's how we all feel now. Because that's the word contentedness. The job's done. The glasses are in the pockets for the final time. One one interesting thing I've picked up on Twitter this morning, which I I, I don't know anyone will ever be able to answer, but there's a that Leicester do this tunnel cam video for the whole game, um, and then they, like, they put highlights out of it. Right at the very end, the Newcastle players all walk into the tunnel, and as Richie walks past, he says to someone up ahead, off screen, let me tell you something now, and then there's no more sound, and I can't stop thinking. what he's. I wonder what he said, and who to?
3: <laughs>
2: something for you to it's think,
4: a think a about. Until he's, the next just, he's just giving someone a racing tip. He's like, uh, let me tell you something now. You stick five quid on the three thirty five, cheps <laughs> to it, Bob's your uncle, you're laughing. That's all it is.
3: If anyone's got nothing better, get get tweeted in. Um we'd we'll love to see what people think Richie's saying in the tunnel.
4: Can I just add on the um the the, the lads uh, taking their tops off the end, which was dead nice because obviously it's it's really nice to, to feel like completely inferior as a physical specimen when you see the physics. <laughs> I mean that's that's what I took from it. Um, oh. I wanna I wanna want to get to the deal where, where Rafa throws his weird in the crown, and, and I get it and basically i just wear it, I'll, I'll wear his waistcoat but like, no one else underneath I'll just wear that waistcoat forever but, like, <laughs> and that'll be it and, uh, and that's what I want and if, I didn't, if it doesn't happen then I'll die disappointed
3: man just, just very quickly we'll close out on the, on the physical specimen comment did, did, did nobody else notice how ripped the linesman in our corner was oh, he was God, an I absolute was... unit So I would not stop talking about this during the match I was like, I don't I just, like, care man Why does the linesman need to be that ripped? It just didn't make any sense
1: Wait, maybe he was worried about Harry Maguire like <laughs> punching him in the face or something. I don't know. Like he did Girl. Yeah. <laughs> um okay, this has been the True Faith Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Next free podcast will be pretty much f two or three hours after the Arsenal game. Um plenty bonus content as well through the week on Patreon if you subscribe. But what a day, what a few weeks it's been being a class United fan. I think we're gonna have a right good go at Arsenal who have, they're in Russia two or three days before the players, they're shite away from home. And where when you cast the United and the Rafa Benitez, you won't beat anybody. So we will speak to you then. Thank you, lads, for your time. Cheers.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call...